Praise the Lord. I'm just happy to be a child of God tonight. Aren't you grateful you can love him whenever things are going so difficult for you and you're trying to figure it all out and understand it? Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp, and every man by his own standard throughout their host. Now notice it's individually, and then you got a host involved, and then you got a camp involved. The children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man, so you're an individual, baptized collectively into your camp, and every man by his own standard throughout their host. Numbers chapter 2, verse 2. Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. So every man then will pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Now, of course, there's four sides and there's three tribes in each side, east, west, north, and south. So you've got three tribes under the four major standards, but then each family has an ensign. So you've got all these divisions that are going on in the house of God. Now I imagine folks in that day that didn't like going to a large church, they'd really had a time, wouldn't they? Since it was about 2.2 million people in this assembly. Wow. Reckon the Lord would have excused them if they just raised their hand and said, I don't like a big church. Uh, we're going to go about that way, 40 miles, and somebody else is going to go that way, about 35 miles, and I get nervous with a big crowd. I don't like going to a big church. Hello? God never even asked them, did he? God didn't ask him, now look, there's four sides to this thing. Which side do y'all want? He never even asked him. He said, look, you're born in a certain place. You go here. But I like that side better. That's not your choice. But I love the tribe of Judah, but you're not born to belong there. People ain't changed much, have they? Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord. Now remember this spirit is ruach. Ruach, the very same Hebrew word used in the book of Genesis, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, Ruach. It's also a rendering of a great bird who gathers her wings and begins to coo and pull over the earth. So Ruach, Elohim, began to brood over the earth and the waters 
Now this is what God said, when the enemy comes in, Ruach will lift up a standard. What kind of standard is it? It's a place where we know where to rally around. Mm -hmm. It's a standard, so it's an ensign or a flag or a signal or a sign. And whenever we raise it up, then it gives those who know the season and know the hour, they know what to rally around and also what to stay away from. So then when once we become enlightened by the Spirit of God and anybody would raise a denominational standard in front of us, it's not going to get our attention anymore. Why? Because we've already rallied around God's ensign of the end time. How many wants to be remembered tonight as we pray? Heavenly Father, we love you so much tonight. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that's given to us that once again we can gather here on Wednesday night to be able to understand from the Old Testament shadows and types that we would be able to see, Lord, what people did when they stayed in their position. We would also be able to learn from the failures of others that when they pulled out of their position, whenever they did such a thing, how detrimental it was to them, their families, the camp of Israel. So Father, we desire that we would have teachable spirits tonight, that we would be able to find our position in the body of Christ and stay there until we leave this world and nothing or no one will pull us out of it. Speak to us tonight, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I know we may say it, and it may sound quite simple, and probably most of you have heard it ever since you've been a Christian for very long, and that is to find your position or find your place. And people would say, well, what does that mean? Well, we know that it can have uh, several different meanings, our position in Christ, what we are in the mystical body, also what we are in a local body, also our position in a move. So if we could relate it in the right way, it would be like that every message of every day would be the major ensign that the elect of God for that age would gather under. Then there will also be another ensign or a flag, if you will, and you will gather in an assembly somewhere. And then there will be another one, and it just keeps coming down to your family, to your tribe, to your move. And God, by His grace, allows us to be born in certain ages. God could let you have been born in the days of Noah if He'd wanted to. You could have been one of Noah's sons, and God would have let you built on the ark. God could have let you have been born in the days of Moses or the days of Jeremiah. You might have been, instead of it been Baruch, which was there with Jeremiah, one of his faithful men, could have been Dave Swanson, could have been Brother Harvey, could have been Brother J.D. But God allowed you to be born in a certain time. And he believes we didn't come by chance, but we're here by the grace and the predestinated favor of Almighty God. 
Now, Satan knows, of course, enough about the seed of God to know that he cannot stop predestinated seed from returning back to where they came from. But if he can cause them to get into permissive will, if he can cause them to mess up their life somehow and will cause a scar which will damage them, damage their family, damage maybe the people that they could have or should have affected, then he tries to affect them in that way. For many of you, no doubt your life has proved faithful that you've got the seal of God, that you're God's children. He's probably pretty much given up on ever pulling you to hell. He don't even think that way no more. He don't even go that way no more because you have proved your faithfulness by the Spirit of God and probably a lot of you have convinced the devil you belong to God. So what he will try to do is to affect you in time. He will try to mess up the program of God then for your life. Now your destiny and what you're ordained to do in time They correlate together, but it does not mean that what you're going to do in time will line up perfectly with your destiny at the end. Now you see, he watched people like Moses and he was able to mess up the flight plan, if I can call it that, of what Moses would do, able to delay it, able to cause bumps in the road. He looked at other people down through time. He looked at our prophet. Now, don't get mad at me right off, but he looked at him and saw that he was able to use Brother Branham's first mother-in-law. And his mother-in-law would talk him out of doing the will of God. Insomuch that Brother Branham would say it this way, and he said, from that time on, friends, He said, I found myself listening to my mother-in-law instead of listening to God. Christ, the mystery of God reveals. He talks about whenever he comes down in the valley there in Jeffersonville, and as soon as he would come in the valley, he would start breaking out in hives, and everything would become spooky and dark. Now listen to these words. And he said, he still makes it hard on me. Not he, but he. He still makes it hard on me or rough on me because I didn't go out the first time. 1951 relating to it and he said, I know at that day I will stand before God and answer for many that have should have come in. Well, come on children. Now you see, Satan could not stop the prophet's destiny no more than he could Moses or Jacob. But he can throw things in our way that will bring us out of the perfect harmony of God's perfect will into a permissive will situation. Now you see, that's what happened exactly to Moses. That's what happened, of course, to Brother Branham. That's what happened to many people down through the ages. What a blessing it is to be able to find the will of God for your life and only move as God advances his will 
in your life and you wait on that. And you know myself, maybe I look at it wrong, but I would rather err toward the margin of precaution and safety and be careful before I make a major move and God, you know, having to nudge you along than to make a major move and take you 10 years or longer to recoup because of that sporadic false emotional move that you made and may cost you and your family years of your growth in God. So finding our position in God is such an important thing. I know many people say, oh, I've heard that all of my life. You know, I think if we would have actually listened to it more, it would have spared a lot of us a lot of the issues that we still deal with in life. Now, it is a very important thing to God to be able to find that position. Now, we know that it parallels this that we're going to look at tonight by the help of the Lord is that we know God is identified in the numbers three and five and seven and forties and fifties and so on. But another number that is not one of our favorites, but yet it is a divine numerical of God, and that is the number four. Now, four is the number of earthly deliverance. But before it became the number of earthly deliverance, if you read in your Bible in the book of Ezekiel, you'll find out that there were four living creatures before the throne of God. And remember reading about that in your Bible? Now, remember the four is identified with an administration that starts in heaven and reflects upon the earth to merge in the three, the five, and the seven. Now, the three, of course, the Godhead, the five, grace, faith, mercy, all those attributes of God, and then the sevens, the church ages, all of the sevens of God, the forties and the fifties. But four is there to bring in all of those on the earth, the elect of God, that will bring them into their earthly deliverance. I thank God for the number four and the divine numerics of God because God knew I needed deliverance many times. Now, if you'll notice, it is not five that is set around the camp or the tabernacle. It is not groups of sevens. It is not groups of twelves. But it is groups, it is the number 12 subdivided down into fours, north, south, east, and west. Notice again now, the four. So the four is the number of earthly deliverance. It was going to be four death messengers that was going to cut down the attribute of God called the church. So if it was four death messengers that was going to bring the church to her knees, how's God going to reverse it by the reversal of redemption? It will be four life messengers that will bring her back. 
So four is the number of earthly deliverance. Now God could have divided it into twelves if he wanted to around the, the great tabernacle of God. He could have divided into fives. He could have done a five and a seven, both of them divine numerics of God. But God chose to go with four. So you've got the east direction, the west direction, the south, and the north, and then you've got 12 tribes. So how are you going to do that? You're going to divide the 12 by four, and then you're going to put three tribes on each direction. So you're going to have three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, and three on the west. Three times four equals 12. Now God has a reason for dividing this in four. And what he's doing in the Old Testament is a mirror or a a type of what he's going to reflect in the New Testament when we come down not only in the book of Acts, also the four Gospels. You ever wonder why there's not seven Gospels? You ever wonder why there's not 12? Why not name one after each one of the apostles? Why would you want just four? Why have four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke. And John, why not have seven, perfect number of God? Why not have 12, the number of the disciples? Why not have 40? Why not have 50, the number of Pentecost? Why have four? Because God is going to answer the very same thing in the New Testament that he did in the Old. Now, he's going to put these 12 tribes and divide them into the number four, and they are going to protect the way into the presence of God. So what's in the tabernacle? We got the outside court, we got the brazen laver, we got the altar, then we move into the second court, we have the menorah, we have all the table of shewbread, the bread of his face, bread of his presence, and then we come in behind the veil and we've got the ark, the holy ark of God. In the original ark lay the tablets, also it laid the shewbread, and it laid Moses as he had come down from the mountain with the tablets of God, and then we have Aaron's rod, which was an original almond branch, and it bloomed. So that was in the original tabernacle, it was veiling and hiding all of that. Most of the people never saw that. All they saw was the representation of it that was hid in the ark. So a a Gentile that would come from us out, a Philistine, an Amorite, a Hittite, whoever it was, they would have to cross those tribes in order to gain access into the law of Moses. They would have had 2.2 million people that they would have had to cross to be able to get to that sacred ark. What was the ark a representation of? Our Lord Jesus. Because in our Lord Jesus was summed up the law, also summed up the Shekinah, which was the glory of God. In him was summed up the whole thing, made out of shittim wood, overlaid in gold. The wood being his humanity. The gold, of course, overlaying it, which was deity. All of that hid inside of Christ, that all of these 2.2 million people were there protecting the way to the tree of life. What is it? It's answering to the cherubims in the Garden of Eden. Now that man is driven out of the garden, God is still going to protect the way to the tree of life. 
So there's four different directions by which man can approach. There's no way to come into this holy place without coming near someone who's protecting that word. Now do you understand what a, what a sad thing it is that when Christians become not the protectors of the word but people actually look at their lives and they say that person is actually a stumbling block. That person, and we know that it's the truth, that many people actually bring more reproach upon the cause than they do lead people to it. Is that right? And they say, well, if that's a Christian, I don't want nothing to do with it because I live just as good as they live, and which may be the truth. But whenever each one of us are in our place, we are there and no one can take your little spot. Now you imagine 2.2 million people that are gathered around this whole thing and they're not just there for decoration. They're not just there to take up a spot, but they are trained and they are in order. They've got their tribal order, they've got their family ensign, and then they've got their directional order. By the directional, I mean either Dan or Reuben or the eagle or the face of a man. Now this divides and separates them to be able to know which direction they're supposed to go into. Their family design, their family emblem does not give them their direction. Their camp emblem does not by itself give them the direction they must face and they must go. That comes by placing of God. God was adopting these tribes. Now, as I said, it was not something that they actually had a choice about. Okay, you can go east, west, north, or south. Which one y'all want to go? Well, you know how people are. Oh, uh, well, if, if so-and-so's going over there, then I'm going over there then. Me and him is best buddies. You know, we're going here. God said, no, I'm going to eliminate that whole mess. I'm going to place you where I want you to be. No lip, no attitude. This is the way it is. So God just eliminated a lot of garbage, you know. So in that, now they've got to have that in order to know the direction by which they will face. So if you are on the east side, you are going to camp westward. If you're on the west side, you're gonna face eastward. If you're on the north side, you're gonna face south. If you're on the south side, you're gonna face north. So even though you yourself may live on the south, you can't just focus on the south, you're facing the north. Amen. So what you realize is that you are not the only one that is protecting this word. But you're protecting your side, they're protecting their side, they're protecting their side, they're protecting their side, so it's all for one common goal. You see, in one sense of the word, if God could ever get all the true Holy Ghost filled believers in this message with that same idea, we'd lay aside a lot of this big me and little you and well, I've got more revelation than you do and our church is more important than your church. No, we'd get past all of that and we realize that God has us set here. How many believes God put us here? God has us set here for a reason. 
And there's other people that are set somewhere in another state or another city or another part of Tennessee or whatever for another reason altogether. But if we're bride, it all should sum up. The sum total of it all is to be able to be protectors of this word and be willing to give our lives for it if need be. Now in this, if you'll notice the four will come into plain view. Now watch the prophet as he deals with this in Revelation chapter four, part three. Dan was an eagle and Reuben was the man's face and Ephraim is the ox. There's the way they camped in the Bible. Now notice then, so they've got a directional insight. So Dan is the eagle, and Ephraim, of course, Reuben was the man. Reuben was the firstborn. And of course, we know what his father told him. You are the beginning of my strength, and you were unstable and weak as water. Well, what compliments. But Dan, notice, Dan was so different from that in that his ensign was not the face of a man. And then when we come to Ephraim, his was the ox. And then, of course, each one of them had a different trait or a characteristic by which the tribal ones joined together. Notice again, he says in Revelation chapter four, part three again, paragraph 323. Now, if you'll notice, Dan is the head of three tribes and Judah is the head of three tribes. Reuben is the head of three tribes. Ephraim is the head of three tribes. Three fourths is 12, the 12 tribes of Israel. So each one with their banner and the banner of Judah was a lion. So here we have a lion. And Judah, of course, one of the larger groups, they're setting facing their direction. Now you see, they could not just mingle around and they camp over here tonight and then Sunday they go over there and they'd be over there. They had a post of duty to be at. And it wasn't just say, well, I'm just gonna go here. I really ain't gonna be tied down to no certain place. I'm just gonna, you know, move around and go here. And I've said it before that a lot of folks in the message, you know, that their post of duty, they carry a set of spiritual post hole diggers in their back pocket. So they can just kind of dig up their posts and set it wherever they want to from time to time. Now, you know, to me, that speaks a lot about an individual because it's like they don't know where they belong. They don't know who their pastor is. They follow this man for a while and then they follow that man for a while and then they go over here and they go over there. And I'll tell you one of the greatest shortcomings that we've got among the men inside this message. They don't have the leadership of eternal life. I find it so amazing how that so many men will follow preachers that don't even meet the requirement of God to be preaching. And yet they will take their families and follow this man here, there, and there, or follow a man to be a pastor when he can't even meet the first requirement. The first requirement of a pastor is this. He must be blameless. He cannot be charged. He must be blameless. And how many of our message churches vote in a pastor that cannot even meet the first requirement? And we wonder why God ain't with us any more than it is because we don't believe his word. That's the bottom line. 
because we'll make excuses. Well, I know, I know, I know. I know he was married a couple of times and I, I know, you know, this is questionable and that's quite, but I just love him so much. He's just such a wonderful man. I didn't know that was a requirement. Now, here I've been reading the Bible all this time, and I've been reading them requirements of what God's Word said, and I've not found that one nowhere. I must have the wrong version of the Bible. Either I do or you do. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how in the world do we get on that? Now, Reuben is the head of three tribes. Ephraim is the head of three tribes. Three fours is 12, the 12 tribes of Israel. Each one with their banner, and the banner of Judah was a lion, the banner of Reuben, the man, the banner of Ephraim, the ox, and the banner of Dan was an eagle. Now look back here what John said. Now watch. So we see the four around the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness. And then now Brother Branham jumps from the Old Testament to the New. And he said, now look back here what John said. Let's read here now. The first beast was like a lion, Judah. The second beast was like a calf. That's a young ox. And the third beast was the face of a man. And the fourth beast was a flying eagle. Oh my, just exactly the tribes of Israel camped around guarding the, this earthly guards of the right to the ark, hallelujah. Do, don't you see it? Don't you see it tonight? How many sees it? So here they are and they are protecting, they are protecting the way to the ark. Now you understand that Matthew in the New Testament was one of the guards that's going to protect the revelation in the book of Acts. And one of the most pivotal guardian works that Matthew recorded in his entire gospel to protect the way to the tree of life was Matthew 28, 19. Now, what did Matthew do? Matthew wrote that in such a way that it would protect the way to the tree of life. Oh, I know, I know, I know. We're hearing all kinds of revivals. I've been reading some about it. You know, 200 saved over here and 300 saved over there. I'm talking about mainly denominational deals. You know, 150 got baptized. I read that just this week. 150 got baptized this certain, certain place. And then I asked myself the question, probably all 150 of them was baptized spiritually into the Catholic Church because they got baptized in titles. Why? Because Matthew the guard Matthew, the guard, stood there knowing there would be people that would never embrace God's full truth. And Matthew, the guard, drew his sword and said, this is what you'll say. And they say, well, I'd rather do what Jesus said than what Peter said. You know how I know they say that? Because that's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, I said it for years and years. Matthew for a while kept me from the name. Come on now, children. Matthew for a while 
kept me from the name. But Jesus was determined, Harry, that we catch the name. So I had to be approached from Acts 2. From the mercy, oh glory to God, from the mercy seat of the book of Acts, the Lamb Himself had to proceed forth and open the book to me and help me to catch what His name really was. Then I was able to walk right into the guard, Matthew, and say, God bless you, Brother Matthew. You can't keep me out no more because I found out what the name was. Hallelujah. It is not Father. It is not Son. It is not Holy Ghost. It is Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew the guard keeps out millions of Trinitarians. But the seed will be reached from the Lamb from the book of Acts. It is our inalienable rights to be a bride like there was on the day of Pentecost. Come on, children. Now notice then, I know people don't understand it today. I know that. I realize that. I preach too straight for a lot of people. They cannot live what I preach. So they've got to find a church that preaches where they can live. Uh-huh. You remember Jeroboam, don't you, in the Bible and Rehoboam? You remember that story? And whenever he told him, I said, you know what? It's too hard for you all to go up there to Jerusalem to worship God. Uh, we, 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 what I'm going to do, I, we, we'll build a church down here closer to home. It'll be easier for y'all. y'all they don't need y'all going up there to Jerusalem. And my goodness, it's a long journey for some of you. And it'll be just a lot easier. Now, when you study that, you realize whenever he set up those calves, He was not actually leading the people to worship the calves as if though those calves were deity. But what he was doing was using the calves as a symbolism. That they were worshiping God through the image of the calves. Now remember, this is what caused Dan's name to be blotted out from under heaven. Remember that in your Bible? Why? Because he set up another system or another way that was going to be so much easier on the people. Well, we won't mention Brother Branham here and we won't preach on hair and we won't preach on this. We won't preach on that. You know, we, we, we don't need miracles. We sure do here. We got a bunch of sick people. We, we, we don't need all that stuff. Brother Donnie's just too Pentecostal. Well, thank you very much. I take that as a compliment. Oh, you think you're ridiculing me by calling me an Acts 2 preacher? Wow, that's one of the best compliments you can ever give me. As a matter of fact, there's one of these guys that left the message some time ago and he wrote a big old book and he sent me one and my picture was on the inside of it and he identified me as a lieutenant. A lieutenant of this message. I just hate he put my ranks so low. 
had me there screaming. I was all sweating and carrying on, you know. He said, one of the main lieutenants that purports this message is a man by the name of Donnie Reagan from Johnson City. I smile like a possum eating candy corn. I'm telling you what I said, glory to God. Let all hell know whose side I'm on. Let all hell know I carry the banner of this end time message. I'm not ashamed. I am happy to be identified with Malachi 4. Oh my. Notice he says here mercy. And he spells it out mercy seat. Nothing could come anywhere around it without crossing those tribes. Crossing what? The line. Crossing the man. Intelligence of a man. Crossing the workhorse as an ox. Crossing the eagle. The swiftness of it. The heaven, the earth, and in between and all around. You see, they were guards. And above it was the pillar of fire. Brother, nothing touched that mercy seat without the approach. Now some of you may be wondering, do I believe that people can be saved in a denomination? I believe a person could find the Lord Jesus in a honky-tonk, in a pig lot, could get saved on a bar stool. I've heard of them doing it. But that don't mean God vindicates the bar stool. Well, glory to God, I got saved in that bar, so I guess I can go back to the bar because that was my church. (laughs) I don't think so. You'll change brands. You won't drink no more Old Crow and Jim, whatever, turkey and whatever, all that stuff. I ain't too much of, you know, up on that sort of thing. I never did drink that brand. I've been drinking this uh, Acts 238 brand all my life. But you will change. Can they find salvation? Sure they can. Can they be saved? Sure they can. But if they want to come in where the mercy seat is, where you will find the opening of the Ark of the Covenant, You've got to come where the guards are that are guarding the word. If you want to go in the rapture, you've got to access rapturing power. You've got to get to a rapturing message. Hallelujah. Now we're living in another age. He said, glory, oh, how I love this age, don't you? How many loves this age? Oh, it's an awful age, I know, but I still love it anyway. Now God has a mercy seat today to be guarded. Where's the mercy seat found, he asked the question. In the heart of man. How does the body reproduce itself? Where does the seed come from? The body. God might send an angel down 
And that angel do something great. But the seed don't come through an angel. An angel might speak to you and get your attention. They did in the book of Acts. But the angel couldn't lead them to salvation. Why? God don't send his seed through angels, but through his body. Amen. Through his body. The original covenant word of God. Now can a person then actually go in the rapture while not embracing or believing or teaching or preaching the eagle message? Testing, one, two, one, two. Think about it. If we have to have the eagle message, I don't understand why some of the message preachers don't preach this message. It makes no sense to me. We're talking about a flying eagle. Now, you know what a lot of them are working under? The anointing of the man. But if you notice, that man didn't have wings on his back to fly. The man is earthbound. Well, praise the Lord. We need wings. Glory. Now notice where the mercy seat is now. It is in the heart of man. When did it come in the heart of man? At the day of Pentecost, he said, when the Holy Ghost, which is God, come in to the human heart. So then God also has a guard around the mercy seat today. What is it? The seal of the living God. Now the guard is not on your flesh. It's not on your spirit. It's not even on your, on your mind against thoughts. I may even wonder how many's had thoughts this week you wish you hadn't had. Well, why could that be? Because God does not put the guard on your head. He doesn't put it in your spirit, but he puts that guard around your soul. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Now notice he said, boy, the south gate's guarded by the ox. The north gate is guarded by the lion. I mean the east gate. And the north gate, he said, is guarded by the flying eagle. John the evangelist. Then the physician on this side, Luke the man. So what do we have then? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what are they guarding? The book of Acts. Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Luke. And Luke wasn't even one of the original 12. As a matter of fact, Luke wasn't even with the Lord Jesus when he was here. Luke traveled around compiling all these stories. He traveled a lot with Paul and he also traveled around and went from one place to another getting personal testimonies. Aren't you glad Brother Luke did that? Because a lot of this would have been lost down through the New Testament if Luke hadn't done it. Have you ever noticed how many times Paul mentions in his own writings of miracles, signs, prophecies, and visions that he had? Very few. 
As a matter of fact, you don't find these men of God detailing so much personal visions and miracles and this and that near as much as Luke did in the book of Acts. Yeah, notice that, huh? We'll read it and you can find it out. So it wasn't Paul going, I'd done this and I'd done that and I'd done this and I'd done that and I prayed for this person and I'd done that and I'd done that. It wasn't him telling it about himself. It was someone else telling it about him. Well, come on now. So Luke, the man, was the one that was compiling together the book of Acts and writing it so we would be able to have something so the posterity of time to be able to look back and say, well, this is what God done in the book of Acts. Well, if he's the same, cannot he do the same thing today? This is why I stand my standard and draw my sword and say he is a healer if he ever was. If he ever was a miracle worker, he's still a miracle worker. If he ever was a deliverer, he's still a deliverer. If he was ever a mighty God, he's still a mighty God. Here I stand with my standard. Anybody wanna stand with me? Notice how the prophet now relates this about the tribes. Now we find out they were the guards to the mercy seat. They watched the mercy seat. Nothing come to it. It crossed over the tribes first before it could get to the mercy seat. Every man willing to give his life. Every Israelite in the camp would die. Now brother, sister, here's the bride. You see, the church is not even willing to die to make up. They're not even willing to die to their smoking and their alcohol and their pornography and this and that and the other. They can't even give up habits of the flesh, which is going to kill them anyway. You know, it just shouldn't take much of a rocket science to figure that out. You need to give up them cigarettes. They can't even give that up. But when we're talking about people that are positionally placed in Christ, you understand that God repeated this same thing for seven church ages? And we've come right down to the last age and the Spirit of God is anointing in this wing of the camp. What wing is it, Brother Donnie? It's the eagle anointing. And the rest of them, oh my, they've already gone on. The age of the tribes have already gone on. The age of Luther have already gone on. They are waiting on us. Don't get in your mind, well, we're just barely holding on and we're barely struggling along and one day it'll finish. The whole resurrection will take place. The whole resurrection of the entire body of the New Testament saints is hinged upon the bride in this life day. If God cannot produce a bride, there'll be no resurrection of Luther. There'll be no resurrection of Wesley. So this is why it's so important. The whole body of God is waiting on you and me. Every man willing to give his life, every Israelite in the camp would die 
before anything could enter into that camp over there and take that mercy seat. And now we find out that was the Old Testament. Ah, there's that word we was looking at last Wednesday. And in the New Testament, we find the same thing. That it was guarded, the mercy seat. Oh, I hope you get it. The mercy seat is still guarded, still not the guards. We found out that those guards are, wow, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, guarding the book of Acts. And what I find so sad is that uh, some of the message people don't think we even need the book of Acts no more. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John still doing a good job at it. Now don't misunderstand me, but I'll look Matthew right square in the face and say, you ain't keeping me out of the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, I'll look Mark right square in the face and I'll quote Mark to himself, Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. I'll say, Mark, you ain't keeping me out. That's my invitation, <laughs> hallelujah, to the book of Acts. You ain't keeping me out, Luke. I write unto thee, O excellent Theophilus, of the former treatise which I have written unto you, that the Lord Jesus, and he goes on and on and on, but I say to Brother Luke, Brother Luke, you ain't keeping me out. <laughs> I say to Brother John, now Brother John, you started out yours totally different. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But John, you ain't hiding that word from me, brother. You ain't hiding that logos from me. I'm coming in, John. Here I come. And once I get in, y'all shut your gate. We got you, Donnie. We got you back. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they got my back. Then, of course, some will go to Bible cemetery. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, a seminary. And they'll say, well, now, actually, we found out in the cemetery that uh, Mark chapter 16 from verse 9 on down to the end of it, it's not even in the original. And I'm like the old sister that got in behind Mark and went ahead and went to the book of Acts whenever she's dying and she wrote to her son, which was off in the seminary. They sent him a, a, a telegram, son, you better, better get down your seat. Mama, she ain't gonna live. And then in a couple of days, it got another one come back and said, everything's fine. So he come home to visit mama. And they, you know, talked and hugged and kissed and stuff like that. He said, my mother, mother, I never did understand. You never did tell me what had happened. Oh, son, oh, glory to God. She got past Matthew, didn't she? Now what you find is, you don't see Matthew doing no shouting. Show me where Mark ever shouted. Luke or John. But I can show you where that they had an emotional outburst of such an explosion, where? In behind the mercy seat in the book of Acts. Woo! Oh, glory! 
Well, son, you know, son, uh, uh, you know this little church up here? Yes, mother, yes, that's the illiterate type. That's the illiterate type, the dumb type, you know, mother. Oh, yeah, but you know when the women come down, you said, their pastor prayed for people. Said, glory to God. Said, mother, mother, you're beginning to talk like them people. Well, ain't that a compliment now? You mean you can hear Peter's voice through me? You mean I'm talking like John? I'm talking like James? I'm talking, glory to God, hallelujah. You mean I'm talking like I'm an Acts 238 youngin'? I am. I said I am. Mother, mother. Well, he read it right out of the Bible. The preacher did. Mother. We were taught in the cemetery that from the ninth verse on down wasn't even inspired. She said, glory to God, glory to God. Mother, mother. Well, son, I was just thinking. You know what she was thinking, don't you? I was just a thinking. Well, what was she thinking, mother? I was thinking that if God could heal me with word that wasn't inspired, what can he do with that that's really inspired? But what did Mark do? He kept some of them from the inner sanctum of Acts 2. So this is the way some of the message people wish it said. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, what time did he start? Did you notice? I can't tell where he's at since he's using that iPad, can you? I can't tell how many more pages he's got. Anybody know how long he's going? Anybody know when he's going to get done? I'll tell you when I'm going to get done tonight, when I get done tonight. (laughs) And tell me, what have you got to do that's more important than where you are right now anyhow? (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I don't know exactly what all they've done, but I know they must have been acting a little bit strange. Now, I agree. The Bible says the Spirit of God came down and filled all the house where they were sitting. So they got the Holy Ghost sitting down. But they didn't remain sitting. Some of y'all's been sitting for years. I want to know when you're going to hatch. Come on now, you've been sitting and sitting and sitting. How long did it take to hatch that egg? Let's hatch that eagle. Glory to God. Let's hatch that eagle. Let's give birth to the eagle anointing in this last day so we can get out of this place. Watch Brother Branham. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John guarding, guarding the book of Acts. 
The acts of the Holy Spirit done amongst the apostles. The book of Acts of the New Testament. And the four writers of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all guard that mercy seat to show that it is God, the Holy Spirit, today. Each scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every one of them will back up the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wonder why the book of Acts is one of the most fault books of the New Testament. Wonder why that they'll read Revelation, they'll read Philippians, Philemon, First and Second Timothy, First and Second Corinthians, and First and Second Thessalonians, and all the other, and expound on the great things. Why is the book of Acts so hard? Well, it ain't if you're in it. If you're in it, you're on the inside looking out. But if you're ain't, you're on the outside looking in. And it depends on what you're seeing. Some people press their big eyes into the window and say, Lord, have mercy. Are they shouting? Good Lord, I could never do that. I could never do that. Go right ahead. Let Mark keep you out if you want to. I shake Brother Mark's hand while I'm shouting through the door. (laughs) I shake Brother John's hand. Hallelujah. He came to his own and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become. I love that word because it means prophecy. He gave them dunamis to become. In other words, they were a thought and the Holy Ghost struck their seed and they come to pass. Oh, glory to God. He gave them power to become the sons of God. I got saved in a Trinitarian church. Got baptized in the Zula Lake. Broke the ice in January and baptized me. Matthew kept me out in that cold water. Kept me out. So for years I prayed to the Father. And then I didn't want the Son to get jealous, so I'd pray to the Son. And then I'd pray to the Holy Ghost. And then I think that I prayed to the Holy Ghost longer than I prayed to the Son. And then I go back to the Son. Then I go back to the Father. And then I go back to the Holy Ghost. Matthew did a great job. Until the king from the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Opened up my heart and opened up the book of my life. You see, the Lamb did not just come to take the seals off of the book. But off of you which sealed you away from knowledge, understanding of who he is and who you are. And once he tore that off of you, Satan said, oh no, oh no, they'll never be the same again. You got that right. We ain't never been the same since because I'm not just talking about a seven seal book that I hold under my arm. I am an open book myself. And if you're a member of the bride of Christ, the 
the book of Acts should not be a closed book to us. It's not a closed book. We are living in an open book of Acts. God is healing the sick among us. God is changing lives among us. God is working miracles among us. Why? Because the book of Acts is not a sealed book. It's open. It's open. Watch in Revelation chapter four, verse five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. In the midst of the throne and round about the throne were how many? Four beasts full of eyes before and behind, which is and was and is to come. The first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf. The third beast had the face as a man, and the fourth beast was a setting eagle. Don't you understand why Satan wants to affect your view of this message? Because though you may be an eagle by seed, if you don't catch the revelation of what God has done in this day, it's the only thing that can give power to your wings. To rise above lust. To rise above the darkness of this age. Look, friend, we cannot do this on our own. To rise above your besetting sin. It's not enough. Brother Donnie, I was raised in a message church. It's not enough to be raised in a message church. The message has got to be raised in you. It's not enough even that you have the Spirit. The Spirit must have you. You can have the Spirit and the Spirit not have you. I don't want to just have it. I had that since a boy. But it took the opening of that word for the Spirit to get me and say, preach this, yes, sir. Do this, yes, sir. Do this, yes, sir, I will. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Now, once you notice these four beasts before the throne of God, they're not Trinitarian beasts because they don't say lords, gods, almighties. So I'd rather take somebody's word who's been there than some theologian who ain't. So they was right there. I got to figure, Brother Jack, if there's more than one, that said, how y'all doing today? 
God bless y'all. Lord God, Lord God, Lord Son, Lord Holy Ghost. We worship all three of you. We did, but they didn't say that. They said, Lord God Almighty. Look at the anointing of these beast powers. They worshiped. They didn't go to church and sit there like a bump on a pickle. But they worshiped. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, threefold personage of God. And these beings knew the same one they was worshiping was the same one in the beginning before time. And he would be the same one when there was no more time. He didn't give birth to a little boy and the little boy and him had a discussion. And the little boy said, I'll go down to earth, daddy, if you want me to and I'll die for him. And the papa said, oh, would you do that for me, son? Would you do that for me? It would be so unjust. Which one of you fathers that's got a boy would send somebody to do, you would, you would send your boy to do something like that and wouldn't go yourself? God never sent another being other than himself. He came in the form of human flesh. And the human flesh was his sonship, not another God, not another person. Don't you see? Matthew is keeping them out. Mark is keeping them out. But if your name is in that center of that book, the lamb from behind the guards will call your name. Jack, Dave. Oh Lord, oh, oh Lord, Lord, I'm trying to get to you, I'm trying to get to you, but Matthew's keeping me out. Keep pressing. Matthew's got a gate, and you've got the key. What is it? Revelation. So Revelation slides right into the door of Matthew and says, come right on in, brother. Come right on in. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. Somebody else comes in there and beats on that door, knocks on that door. They look at the Greek. They look at the Aramaic. They look at the diphthongs. They look at the vowels. They look at this and that. And they'll say, I'm totally convinced there's three. And you look and say, I see what John saw. I saw a throne and one that sat on it. I got thrown out of a meeting several years ago in Texas for quoting that. Uh-huh. Sure did. I did say a little bit more than that. I went on to say this. If there's another God in heaven other than the Lord Jesus, He's sitting on the floor. Because when John looked up there, he didn't see a big throne and a little throne and a medium-sized throne, but John saw one throne. Now, you know why I could say that? Because, oh, glory to God, hallelujah, Matthew did not stop me. Mark ain't gonna stop me. Luke ain't gonna stop me. And you ain't gonna stop me neither. My mama ain't gonna stop me. My daddy couldn't stop me. The devil can't stop me. I'm going on. Hallelujah! Why, I hear the voice from the mercy seat. What's he calling? 
Donnie. Uh -huh. Donnie. Yes, Lord. Come on in. When I come in, my mom and daddy disown me. <laughs> my family disown me. When we come to the message, they disown me again. Come to think of it, I've been disowned a lot of times. I've been disowned by a lot of message folks too. But there's one thing about it. Jesus ain't never disowned me. And he never will. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him, huh, this must be a oneness Bible here I'm reading from, ain't it? And give thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. Now let's jump to the fourth scene. We'll close here shortly. Now we found out this lamb opened the seal. Sorry, sweating it out. The first beast. Uh-huh. I done hit it, brothers. Let me go to this hand hell. Notice the first beast was a lion. Found in the book of the church ages. The second beast, I believe, was the face of an ox or a calf. And the third beast, the face of the fourth beast, was the face of an eagle. Now remember, in the first age was a lion age. The lion, the tribe of Judah. Christ, his own influence of life taken that age that's the first beast which means power that answered by human voice glory to God so Christ's own life influenced the first age and how did that speak it answered by human voice. Are you getting it? Don't you understand Then those who even say they believe the message and feel no need to preach these things? They're not even answering the influence of what they say they believe. The first beast, which means power, that answered by human voice. The next age was the ox age or the dark horse rider's age. Now remember, we got again a four. We got a white horse, then we got another and another, and the last one is all three mingled together. There's a power on the earth and the power that comes down from heaven. Don't you understand this message is more than just a bunch of doctrines. This message had to be preached. It has to be preached in order to release the power to anoint your lives. We cannot, well, I, I believe it, but I just ain't gonna say anything about it. I, I'm just not gonna talk about it. How can you do that? I've got to preach it in order to release the power 
to your lives to change your bodies. Don't you see why message preachers much preach this message? Listen. Now the second age was a red horse rider, which was a dark age. Now the next age was the man age, which was the black horse rider. He was the age of the reformers and went to the voice who spoke. So the anointing was released from the throne of God. Those who were pulled into the ark or the mercy seat become his spokesmen. (laughs) Friends, don't you think I got enough sense to know there's things that I preach that drive people away? It's evident. It's evident. A lot of the folks that have sat under this ministry for years can't live it. Some of them don't want it. So what do they do? They find them another church, one that's watered down, or one that don't really believe the message. Oh, oh we, we believe in the cross, and when we believe in the blood, we do too, and more. Praise the Lord. In order for us to take a rapture, this rapturing message must be preached. I believe in justification. I believe in sanctification. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the restoration of the gifts. But I don't mind telling you, preaching the gifts every night is not going to produce a rapturing face. Well, I know some of the message folks don't like that. I really don't care. Because if it was, I should have been raptured in Pentecost is that pretty much what I preached all the time, wasn't it, eh? We preached the gifts every way you could preach them. And don't tell me I didn't see miracles. You wasn't there, I was. And don't go to telling me that the bride is the only one having miracles. You need to get out of that thing and realize all kinds of miracles are happening at all kinds of churches. Come on now, don't get quiet. That is not the only bride identification. The bride's identification is she's living from the mercy seat where the word of God is open every word, not just healing, not just miracles, not just signs, but the spoken word. Come on, children. People want to tell you, well, miracles, 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 healing, healing, that's the third pull. Well, what I don't understand about that is the angel of God told Brother Branham, the third pull would not be an open show. I wonder how come signs, wonders, and miracles are open and open and open and open. Where are the preachers operating them in the little room? Now come on, if we're gonna type it, let's bring her on down. Glory. 
Remember him telling him, this one will not be a public show. I will meet you in there. And they walked in and walked out. Somebody interviewed him. What happened? What happened? I don't know. I don't know. I was just changed. And the people that come out was not talking about Brother Branham. They was not talking about Brother Donnie. They was not talking about any other preacher. They was living under the mystery of the seventh seal. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But it changed me. It got a hold of me. I can't reveal it. I can't make it known. (laughs) Oh, but we don't like that part, do we? We don't like that quote. We still want the open show. So people can say, Brother Donnie prayed for me. Brother Daryl prayed for me. Yeah, Brother Bram told us that people would say such. And they say, when this certain preacher prays for you, then everybody thinks that man ought to pray for you. He said, but how much greater it would be if people would say, Jesus, heal me. Because after all, there ain't no preacher can heal you. There ain't no preacher. Come on now. There's only one healer. And that's the Lord Jesus. You love him with all your heart. Brother Don, you do believe in divine healing. Come on, children. Don't tell me. Surely to goodness you ain't that dumb. There's many miracles and signs and wonders if you've seen out of my ministry. Surely to goodness you know I believe in healing and miracles. But that's not all I believe. Anybody know how many times the word miracles is used in the New Testament? 500? 3,000? 900? 800? 700? From the book of Acts up to the book of Revelation. Eleven. Eleven times. Eleven times. From the book of Acts up to where you call yourself before it comes to the revelation of the lines, signs, and wonders and miracles. And we say we're a book of Acts church. If that's all we preach, and it's mentioned in your Bible 11 times from the book of Acts, are we sure we're apostolic? See y'all. I've been doing a little bit of studying. Surprise, right? About apostolic and the apostolic foundation. And I just find it amazing when I look in the book of Acts and how many times it talked about healings and miracles and things that so many want to just make the theme of everything. When you go look at it, you think, that is not all they preached. As a matter of fact, they mentioned love and mercy and forgiveness many more times than they did signs and wonders and miracles. Well, Brother Donnie, you're you're, going to have to take that down. Nope. I ain't taking that standard down. That's the original Acts standard. (laughs) 
But, but, but you do believe in miracles. Yes, I am one. I mean, it's a miracle here tonight. Brother Reed, you're a miracle? Yeah. I baptized a miracle just a few weeks ago down in my swimming pool. I believe in miracles. My little daughter's lying at home tonight in desperate need of a miracle. But that's not all the book of Acts talks about. Remember, we've been through it years ago. Oh, I really made some preachers upset too whenever I preached the full book of Acts. But to me, friends, if we're going to eat it, let's eat the whole thing. Now, we was as poor as we could be whenever we was youngins. And Mama, bless her heart, many times all she'd have is pinto beans and cornbread, maybe an onion, maybe potatoes sometimes. But there was always things Mama had. Mama go to the store and she'd buy cans of salmon. And make salmon cakes and mackerel cakes. Lord have mercy, I'll die today before I'll eat one. I'll just kill me, just kill me. I can't stand them things right now to save my life. But I look back and I realize, hey, our mama was doing the best she could. But when I walked in the door and smelt them salmon cakes, I turned right around and walked back out. And there's always things that mama had that I didn't like. You know what I'd do? Eat what I didn't like first. And then I'd savor that other stuff that I did like. Well, that's the way a lot of folks do the message. You know? I don't really like that quote. I'll tell you what it's getting. You won't believe me, but I'm going to tell you, Brother Darrell can witness it the same. There's minister chats in this message that I don't feel comfortable in just placing a quote. Not an interpretation, but just a quote. Because if you do, you're going to get jumped on. Whoever thought it would come to such a place. Well, when I can't preach it all and believe it all, it's time for me to move on. But guess what? I ain't found nothing no better. So I'm going to stay where I am. Hallelujah. What about it, saints? So the four threes around the tabernacle, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, around the book of Acts. Now there's another book that needs to be opened. Four beasts have got to be released from the throne of God to display the seven church ages. Now, Brother Adam, when he preached this, I think it's the fifth seal, there was a box there that people had put with prayer calls and prayer requests and stuff like that in it. And he picks it up and he sets that box up on the pulpit and he said, now, I want this box to represent that. Now, he said, them people couldn't do no more than just the anointing that was released to them. So that's how come you say, how in the world could they go up there and just have their head cut off because the box opened up and released that anointing. And when they heard that preached under the martyrdom, the power to die come from that revealed word. 
And when them men of God would preach, children, God will be with you. God will help you, children. God will help you. He'll hold on to your hand. And some of them say, oh, Lord, I don't think I can ever do it. I just don't think I could do it. But when they preached, the box come open and the anointing was released. And all of a sudden, their mothers and, and fathers and little children said, glory to God. Glory to God, I believe I can do it. Why the anointing? Oh, hallelujah. The anointing was released out of that word. Don't you understand why? We've got to have this message preached to us. It don't do no good for me to have it at home. It don't do no good for it to be on my phone and on my laptop. I've got to study it from my laptop. I've got to study it from my phone and then come up here and tell you about it. Why? So whenever I preach it, it'll open up the anointing so we can be changed. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you'll take this tonight and make it real to our hearts. If I didn't bring it clear, forgive me. If I didn't make it understandable, would you, Lord God, by your Spirit... Quicken it to every heart whose name is found written on the mercy date. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that their names were not written in the old covenant and placed inside the ark. But rather their names were written on stones and placed upon the Urim Thummim which was wore by the high priest. And when the high priest would go in on the day of atonement, which Israel just had just this week, a time of mourning, a time of repenting, the priest would walk in there and he had their names written on his chest or his breast on a stone. Hallelujah. And the Shekinah glory of God would flash upon those birthstones and it would produce a 12-fold manifestation of rainbow colors. Hallelujah. So the light come from the mercy seat in between the cherubims shined upon their names and reflected the rainbow covenant of God. Oh Jesus, if we could only look tonight and realize God's prophet said, you wrote our names before the foundation of the world. You actually spoke our names. Hallelujah. Before there was ever a molecule or an atom or a meter of light, you called the names of your children in your birth pains before the foundation of the world. Knowing some wouldn't live for 5,000 years, 6,000 years, whatever it would be. But you knew just as sure as their name was spoke when the light of God of their age, the covenant age they lived in, would come from the mercy seat and the rainbow was around the throne of God. They'd be out there, they'd be drunks, they'd be liars, they'd be whoremongers, they'd be thieves. But one day they might sit like Billy Andrews was sitting in a bar room and the spirit of God smite his heart sitting there drinking and tell him this is your last opportunity. Hallelujah. 
What was it? Mercy. Mercy called his name. Hallelujah. People, you're in this building tonight, Lord, and all kinds of sin and all kinds of wretchedness and darkness. Maybe their mama give up, their daddy would give up, but you hadn't give up. You knew all they needed was the ray of light of this day. This is why we cannot repeat. We cannot repeat Azusa Street. This message is not sent to turn us back to Azusa Street. We've got a light of this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the covenant color of God. Thank you, Lord. The color of God. The yellowish green, the amber. From the loins upward and the loins downward. He's on the earth calling every name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. From behind the mercy seat. Oh, God. If there's one here tonight in this building, one under the sound of my voice, Lord, may they hear you speak their name. Oh, God, maybe they've sat in a message pew for years, but may they hear a voice like they've never heard before. It's not just the sound of a quote, it's not the sound of a preacher but it's the sound of the I am that I am. Calling them behind Matthew, behind Mark, behind Luke and John into the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit will live his life out of them. They've tried to overcome. They've tried to do this. They've tried to do that and they've failed. But Lord God, if they can be called behind the veil, then the same Holy Spirit that manifested through Peter will manifest to them, maybe not by healing people with their shadow, by living a godly life, by overcoming sin, overcoming temper, overcoming lust, overcoming pornography, overcoming the evil of the age. It's still the same Lord Jesus living out his life in a lay brother, in a lay sister. It's the same Jesus from the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Lord, I love what Paul wrote about them believers in that day. He said, do all speak with tongues? Do all cast out devils? No, he said they don't. But then he addressed some of those that didn't do that. He said, are you not living epistles? Read and known by all men. Written living words of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living out at the hospital. Living out at school. Living out at work. The same Lord Jesus in the book of Acts. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, no wonder your prophet thundered it out. That's what we need in Jeffersonville today. That's what we need around the world. Thousands of lived voices. Hallelujah. Thundering out the gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, I not only want you to heal the sick through my hands, I not only want you to hear my prayer to raise those that are dead, but I want you to be able to live the Lamb's life 
out of me that when people lie on me, when they stab me in the back, when preachers will use me, that I can have the attitude you had. Father, forgive them. So what good does it do for us to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils and still can't forgive men their trespasses? Oh, Jesus, help us, Father. Help us, Lord God. Anybody here besides me tonight, raise your hand, Lord, I need help. I need your help, Jesus. Let me be a little epistle known and read of all men. Hallelujah, Jesus. If a man, woman, boy, and girl, Lord God, under the sound of my voice tonight, Father, may they hear more than me. May they hear more than a voice of a Kentucky preacher. May they hear the voice of Almighty God from the book of Acts off of the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many loves him with all your heart? How many wants to be that kind of a Christian? I saw on a YouTube video last night, and I saw a glimpse of it a few years ago when I was in Jerusalem. It's one stone beneath the surface of the streets of Jerusalem. One stone. Estimate weight, 540 tons. And they shot behind it with some type of electromagnetic stuff and they found a room in behind it. But it just so happens that room is under the dome of the rock. And they figure that probably in behind this gigantic rock, one rock, is the Ark of the Covenant. And it was hidden there before the Babylonians ever came. As I looked at that and I thought it would have been like them, of course, to hit it because it was so sacred. But I couldn't keep from thinking about what I was going to preach tonight. That Christ, the Word, so much of His grace and all and so on and so on is still hid behind one thing or another. But if you're called of God, even a stone weighing 540 tons can't hold you back. The Lamb will make Himself known to you. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, friends, the very reason some folks around this message can't overcome is because they've never given the Lamb personal ownership of the book of their life. They're trying to live right. They're trying to do this and they're trying to do that on their own will. You'll never be able to do it. But if you will allow the Lamb tonight, He'll be able to take the book of your life and open the mystery of who you are and let His own life come upon that seed that He spoke.
into existence. And it will release the power of God that you feel, the power of God that you know is around you, but yet it's like you do not have access to it personally to overcome by it. We marvel that he took the seven seals. I thank God that he did. But taking that book only made a way for him to take the book of my life. And yours, Carol. And yours, Barbara. And yours, Zach. And yours, Harry. And he could pull back the tradition and all the seals that had him sealed away from you and tear it open and remove that. And you'd be able to look and see, why, Daddy, that's me. Daddy, that's me. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Lord Jesus. Hmm. I wonder if some of you will be honest enough tonight to walk up here in front and say, I believe this word with all of my heart. I believe this word. I believe what you preached is the truth, Brother Donnie. But something else needs to happen in me to release the power of God. I know there's more. I know there's more. Anybody like to just walk up front and say, Lord, I leave my seat. I know there's more, Jesus. Take the book of my life. Show me who I am. Show me who you are. Release, Father. Release more of your power to us tonight, God. Lord, your prophet said the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. We've worked it in part, he said, but the headstone has been descended. Lord God, let every fiber of my being be so filled with the power of God. I know, Lord, I know. There's an element of fear. Uh There's an element of fear that we say, what will happen? We've seen folks make mistakes. We've seen this and that. We can let fear dominate us if we wish. But Lord God, I believe you've got a church 
on the earth today. It ain't just two or three here and there, but they're spread around the world. Men of God anointed to preach from the open book, for it is not a closed book. Opened. Jesus, anoint your servants, Father, to bring your people into your presence. Not just to get saved. Not just to get blessed. Hallelujah. Moses walked into the pillar of fire and walked out with that fire veiled in him. May we walk out of this place tonight a changed people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus. How many needs more of his power in your life? Would you just raise your hands to him? Power to overcome. Power to love your enemies. Power to turn the other cheek. Power to live a life above sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive ye the power from on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not just power that'll make you jump. Not just power that'll make you shout. But power that will change your body. Oh, Lord God, we bless your name tonight, Father. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Which is and was and is to come. We worship you tonight, Father. Take the book of every young man, every young woman. Take the book of their life. Tear the seals off, Father. May we see the mystery of our lives, O Lord. No wonder the prophet said if the bride can only see who she is, the rapture will go, not come, but go. When she recognizes who she is, then Satan will try everything in his power to keep us from doing it. But I'll just go ahead and tell him tonight, he'll never stop her. She is unstoppable. Hallelujah, hallelujah. She can no, he can no more stop her than he can stop the living God himself. For it is him in bride form. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We will believe for the impossible. We believe, oh Father God, when there is nothing that seems like it's even any way for it to happen, we will still believe your word, O oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Let's just raise our hands, can we? Brother Darrell, if you can, buddy, make your way up front here. I want you to pray for the people. Let's just take a few minutes while we're in his presence. We have to, we'll cut our time short talking out there. Let's just stand right here in the presence of the king. I hope you broke past Matthew 
Mark, Luke, John, Mama, Grandpa, Uncle so-and-so, ain't so-and-so. I hope you feel yourself standing right there at the holiest of holies. You've been struggling with this and that and the other and you've tried to overcome and you can't. You've tried to overcome and you can't and you've made vows to God and you've made promises and you make them and you break them and you make them and you break them and you make them and you break them. There's a power in this building tonight ready to be released. Hallelujah. That will anoint you to overcome in a way that you never thought possible. But you've got to give the Lamb permission to take your book. Lord God, help me to move beyond my fears. Help me to move beyond the stigma of the message people. Help me to move beyond, Lord Jesus, Pentecostalism. I don't want Pentecostalism. I want the real thing. The prophet preached against the ism. He preached for the real thing, but against the ism. We don't want the ism which becomes a wasm. We want the reality of the living God. Remember the, the doorknobs on the inside of the door. Just open the door to him tonight as you pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we stand in your awesome presence this evening, Lord, we believe, God, that we have heard from the very throne of God tonight, Lord. We believe we have heard your voice speaking through us from behind the veil, Lord, from behind the mercy seat calling us, dear God. And Father, Lord, it's not our ability that you need or our education, Lord. You just need a surrendered heart to you, dear God, tonight. And Father God, that's the truth, Lord, the things that we've heard, Lord. We don't want some creed or some dogma. We don't want some religious covering, dear God. We just want you, Lord, living in our hearts, Lord, living in our lives, dear God. Oh, Father, not some kind of man made this or that or something that's pumped up or worked up dear God but just that power that's promised through the opening of the word that's been released dear God for your prophet said under them seals that they could only work under the anointing that was released unto them and Father God tonight release that anointing unto us Lord that we would not bring forth a creed that we would not bring forth an ideal or some celebrity dear God or some lifted up something but we would bring forth Christ the living word living in the hearts of the people dear God not just preaching the message Lord but living a message oh God some of us have never been called to stand behind the pulpit but you have been called to us Lord to be a living voice to be a life dear God and tonight we surrender to that Lord Jesus God in this hour Lord in the time of trouble yet Lord you said when we walks in the time of trouble that you would revive us dear God and Lord we know our revival doesn't come from an organ it doesn't come from a piano but it comes from the revealed word dear God tonight Father God we know that the third pull is the opening of the word and in the opening of the word we see our names written in that book dear God and we realize father that we step out of the pages of the bible to manifest the word in this hour and all you need us to do dear God is to surrender to you and father I pray tonight Lord from the front door to the back door may all of us God be willing just to surrender and say God I just surrender to you I become a vessel Lord that the Holy Spirit can manifest himself through through our young 
broken through our old, dear God, through our weak and through our strong. Oh, Father, I pray tonight, let it fall upon every heart, let it fall, dear God, upon every soul that's hungry and thirsting for that righteousness, Lord. I ask you tonight, dear God, that you would hear the prayer, Lord. Father, sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know the words to say. But, Father, I ask you to listen to our heart tonight. For our heart cries out for you, Lord. We cry out for a move, dear God, of the revealed word in this hour that we may bring forth Christ to a dying generation. Oh, God, set us on fire and the world come and watch us burn. Set us on fire, dear God, that they'll have to testify from the rooftop, Lord, that we are the people, Lord, men on fire in this hour. Father, when Moses stood before that burning bush, he was called on fire, dear God, and he walked in the, in the midst of Egypt, Lord, a burning man by the Holy Ghost. It looked crazy to the world that an old man would go down with his wife and his children on a donkey and a stick in his hand, but he was a burning fire, Lord, to go and fulfill the word for that hour, and he took over a nation. Oh, God, I pray tonight, Father, let the fire fall on every heart, Lord. Let it fall upon every soul tonight that we may bring forth Christ in this hour. Lord, you see the needs of our people, Lord, I pray. May you move upon everyone tonight, Lord. May we just open our hearts to you, God, and receive it tonight. Lord, may we give ourselves away to you, Lord. May we surrender everything to you. Our attitudes, our motives, our desires, our ambition, God, our arrogance, Lord, whatever it would be, may we surrender to you tonight, God. Grant it, oh God, we pray. Lord, I don't care if the world ever knows the priest. I don't care, Lord, if they ever know that we're here. And we're here. I don't care about any of that, Lord. I just want them to see you. I want my wife to see you. I want my children to see Jesus Christ. Grant it tonight, oh Lord. Grant it that we live such a life that the person at Walmart would see Jesus, that the person down at the tire store would see Jesus, that our children would see Christ in us tonight. And God, and it can only come from a surrendered heart from a surrendered life. So tonight, Lord, I give myself to you, Lord. I give myself away, Lord. All that I am, God, I place it into your hands tonight, Lord Jesus. Oh, let us labor. Let us sing, Lord, until that last one. For the prophet said, when that last one comes, you'll close that book and call the bride. Oh, God, may this be the night, Lord. May this be the night, Lord. Grant it, I pray, God. Hear my feeble cry, Lord. Make me more like you. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I receive it tonight, Lord. I open the door of my heart, Lord. Come on in, Lord Jesus. Come on in, Lord Jesus. More of love. More mercy, more of you in my life. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just talk to him in your own way. Hallelujah. More power, more mercy, more of you in my life. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You know that song, brother. The words to it. Amen. More love. More power. More of you in my, my Myself, Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. 
here I am, here I stand, Lord, my life is in your hands, Lord, I'm longing to see your desires revealed in me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so Take my heart, take my life as a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans, Lord, I place them in. myself away give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you oh my life is not my own to you I belong Lord I give myself I give myself to I give myself to you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself. of your people, Lord. Let it rain upon us tonight, God. Open the windows of heaven, Lord. Let it rain upon our souls tonight, oh God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Oh God, grant it tonight. Open the windows of heaven, Lord. 
Let it rain upon us tonight, God. Release the power, Lord. We're overcoming lives among our young, our old, our husbands, our wives. Forgive us, Lord, of our shortcomings. Forgive us of our weaknesses, Lord. Wash us in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, God, grant it tonight. Lord, you see the needs of your children, Lord. Those battling cancer, Lord, let the giant fall tonight. Those that are battling sugar diabetes, let the giant fall tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, those that are struggling with besetting sins, let the giant fall tonight. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, we know David killed Goliath, but David's men killed Goliath's brothers. Lord, let the whole family of the demons of hell fall at the feet of your children tonight. Yes, Lord Jesus. Let us lift up that banner, Lord, that bloodstained banner. Here I stand, Lord. Grant it tonight. Every devil's under our feet. Every chain is broken. At that day at Calvary, every prison door came open. Oh, God, let the barriers. Lord, in a, in a horse race, there's a finish line. There's a victory line. And there's a barrier. It's the gate that they put the horses behind. It's called the barrier. It keeps them from moving. But once the barriers broke, the finish line lays just ahead. Lord, the barrier is only the evidence that there's a victory. A problem is only the evidence that there's a miracle. Oh, God, thank you tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Open the windows of heaven. Let it rain in my soul let it rain need you jesus open the flood gates of heaven
Fade 
Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Oh, I desire to worship and song of praise and flows to those who have redeemed and we will use the words we know to tell you tell you of our love just listen to our hearts so listen to our hearts hear our spirit sing a song of praise and And we will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. But when words are not enough to tell you of our love, just listen to our hearts. Oh, so listen. song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed and we will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are but when words not enough to tell you of our love just listen to our hearts oh so listen to our hearts hear our spirit sing a song of Tell you what an awesome
But when words are not enough to tell you of our love, just listen to our hearts. I bless your name. I bless your name. Amen. You could be dismissed this evening if you'd like to. If you'd like to stay and pray a while, I'd be more than happy to sing for you tonight. I bless your name I bless your name I give you honor Oh, I give you
the truth away. I bless your name. I bless your name. Some Your name. 